today I'd like to um, speak, hopefully briefly, about four, the four next nodes of our imaginal lattice. But before I do, I want to give a context on the blue velvet in the middle of um, a fundamental part of the conceptual framework of this soul-making paradigm which some of you will be very, very, very familiar with, and some will have, I imagine, listened to the talks, but I want to put it on the map. We haven't said a whole lot about it, this retreat so far. And that's the dynamic of Eros, Psyche, and Logos. So I won't say a whole lot about those now. Hopefully you've, you've heard a lot already. But the blue velvet there is just there to help support, steady your mind, to give you a... a a theatre, give you a stage to let them be there in whatever constellation this dynamic, this triad works together. And the four nodes I offer into that, you'll see perhaps as you get clearer with the conceptual frameworks and the practices of this, how the Eros Psyche Logos dynamic works with any of the nodes, any constellations. So just to say in more uh, brief terms, Eros, our loving desire, the loving desire. Love psyche. Psyche of endless possibilities. of limitless possibilities. And as Eros gets wind of, sees, perceives in the beloved otherness of Psyche that possibility for more to move into, to know, to know in all the ways that one can know, in body, in mind, in heart, in imagination, in flesh, in all of it, as Eros points their arrow to Psyche in their particular form, Eros ignites as he sees, as he gazes upon him, her, them. And when Eros holds her arrows correctly, Psyche cannot help but open. But open in that infinite possibility, the infinite dimensionality. And as this opening happens, Eros inflames more and loves more and desires to know more in all the ways they can know more. And as Eros and Psyche love one another and do their dance, Territory opens that calls in the third part of this triad of calls in and necess necessitates Logos, which is anyway there from the beginning. Our conception, our way of understanding, our framework for understanding is asked to stretch as Eros and Psyche fertilize and make their love together. More is born that stretches Logos 
beyond the frame that they have currently been inhabiting. And as Logos stretches and grows and is more and more beautiful, Eros is inflamed and Psyche is in love. And so they dance. And so they love one another in the particular ways each loves the other. And in this way, new ways of seeing are born. Yes, beautiful in themselves. But new ways of seeing inform new ways of acting. New ways of seeing inform new ways of responding, engaging, loving, as more and more gets woven in to this Eros Psychologos dynamic. Our suffering, others' suffering, no longer seen just with that singleness of vision of what it means and what it's for but restored to a bigger Logos. That even if the tragic and deeply tragic doesn't take anything away from that tragedy, it's not about seeing it from a perspective that somehow makes it less important, no, maybe even more important, but contextualize in a way that gives sacredness, that restores beauty, that does not look upon the one suffering with that singleness of gaze that flattens the soul. the first node, I can't remember which order that these were in on our little list, but I'll start with um, what we're calling the concertina of the imaginal. Concertina, these funny little squeeze boxes, like a little accordion. Maybe they have keys on the edge, but you squeeze them, they open like this, probably when Eros is allowed to love what she loves and inflames the psyche opens and one of the ways that can be perceived is as if a concertina that may be more habitual flattened flattened concertina where the, the little um, hooks are in inside opens and it gives a tenor and a texture to the, the fabric of psyche that while gazing upon the beloved other one, with that eros, the concertina opens and implicit, while gazing with one's soul upon the other, whatever that other is in that moment, many other files, many other floors, many other pockets, many other flaws on the lift, many other images are there in the wings. Implicit, 
or at times explicit, known or just in potentiality. When psyche opens, which we will have known both in the universal dimensions of, of, of the chitta, of the, of the being, there is also a lot of opening. But we will open more typically to, um, you know, we'll sense the pregnancy and the potency there of psyche in that opening. But it's not so filled out. It will be more universal qualities, the love, the space, the awareness, the boundlessness, let's say. In the concertina of the imaginal, as that concertina opens, almost like in a concertina file, there are others, ensouled othernesses, other figures, other imaginal imaginal characters waiting in the wings, other persons. Not necessarily persons with eyes and faces, that word also stretched, soft and elastic. But something that can be known in its autonomy, that can be another one of the faces, psyche, that inflames Eros's arrows. So they may not always, they may not need to be or always be explicit to us exactly what these images are. But perhaps what we can notice if we see that opening is, ah yes, there's more. Not just more space and more room and more boundlessness. I'm unhindered in that way, yes. But more specificity, more particularity, more nuanced exactitude that thrills me because I see its place within a sacred logos, and I bow to that. The concertina, or how we're seeing the concertina, the imaginal. I already said a little bit about logos, because they appear here on the triangle, but the number 19 or 20 is logos, is concept. And if you've listened, I want to thank Rob really for doing this beautiful job of unpacking so well how concept is always implicit in perception, unless it's a moment of cessation of perception. Always. Concept does not just mean thinking about something. does not just mean discursive mind running on. It's can be so much more subtle than that, but always acts as a frame, always acts as a trellis, always acts as a lattice, always acts as a framework through which our perception in any moment will be shaped. Whether it's quiet background views of self, of other, of world, of time, of materiality, of what the nature of existence is that we may not even have articulated to ourselves out loud, but it is implicit in the background, acting as a shaper of the way I'm seeing. Invariably. So we do well as we practice to start to notice where our logos is limited where without seeing and discerning, actually, what logos am I looking through now? 
about the world, about the nature of suffering, about the nature of matter, about the nature of love, that I may not have drawn out and seen, oh yeah, this is acting as a way to shape the way I see. And that way we can see where Eros, this fire, this loving desire of fire, thanks, <laughs> this loving de- desire of fire, of Eros, may keep bumping against something that's just whose walls, whose framework can't budge because we haven't actually seen that it's a framework. We've taken it as a reality. So that's what it, what we can look, where we can look in terms of the limit to this dynamic. If we love beloved otherness, if we long and yearn to see in ways that bring more beauty and depth and richness and sacredness, yes, for this moment and for our world because our perception shapes our action and our responses, then we will do well to see and to look into Logos. Logos, for the imaginal here, we there's a Logos that's really well laid out, really precisely and beautifully laid out. Acting as a framework. Again, not trying to take itself as the ultimate or only framework, but a framework that is clear, that has enough supports and structures around it that can hold us as we open and gaze upon the beloved otherness in such a way that allows Eros's arrows to land and fertilize and start to open up that beloved otherness that we want to know more or else we wouldn't be here that we want to come closer to that we want to we can't get enough of that we we could spend all night with yeah, so the other way I was we were thinking about it also as logos of, as framework so I think Rob has talked about like a trellis, you know, like for something beautiful to grow. Um, another way of thinking about that, 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 that can hold the activity also of Eros and Psyche, the activity of loving desire and opening and seeding and fertilizing and growing, is the Logos also can act as a womb, as a holding. It holds the activity of Eros and Psyche, so that what is fertilized can embed and be nourished and grow and expand the very womb that it is growing in. And Eros and Psyche, in their love-making, make a third, make something that grows and stretches that womb and can be born. An action, a thought, a gesture, a work of art, 
it's it's not limited. Only my mind is limited right now with what I can think of. The next node is the imaginal middle way, the middle way between or with creating and discovering. Creating and discovering. <coughs> what does that mean? And what does it look like here? In the middle. If I were to ask you to put your hand up now of where you sit philosophically in this moment and say, do you think you discover reality and perception or do you think you create real uh, reality and perception? Where are you leaning in that, in that spectrum, in that potential binary? It right? can be a bit of a binary conundrum. Probably many of us have... I'm guessing, hung out somewhere on different places on that spectrum of I discover, I there is there is something to find out. And I'm finding it out. Or it all becomes the um, no no no, it's all about how I'm shaping it and it's all about that. So um it's the can we say it's both for now as a working hypothesis? Even though they may appear as binary in the conceiving mind, probably. Because creating, discovering suggests something's already there. I'm discovering something that's already there. Creating, and if we have a look deeply in our practice, we might see, no, 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 it's not that there's something there. It completely depends on the frame and the way, the way of looking. But probably all of us know something in our hearts where both have a place. But it would feel too much to lean too far into being the creator. And it would feel too much to lean into, yes, it's just discovered. So I invite you now, that's kind of speaking about it at that level. As I was reflecting on it before I came down, this is the only one I've knocked on Rob's door and I said, <laughs> you know, you know, it's one that's really dear to my heart. And I think that's the point. It's really dear to my heart. It's really dear to my heart. I can't go there with you just at the conceptual, as if there was such a thing as just the conceptual level, right? That's part of our, in a way, shortcoming of our era, in a sense, that there could be just the conceptual level. Because this is really dear to my heart and maybe to yours. And if I invite you now to breathe into your chest with these two ideas, without having to land, without having to wrap your mind, without having to go, oh yes, well you could, yeah, 
and that's beautiful. But just breathe into if this matters to you. Not just in, you know, as if my perceptions are some sort of just my own fun, for my own fun. No, the way we think about perceptions and where their implications are for our world are huge. So just breathe with your chest and hold, (coughs) drop in those ideas of perception is discovered. Perception is created. Breathe up your midline through your breastbone. Remembering the other nodes, whichever other nodes help you here. Maybe reverence. Maybe where you're allowed and supported by the Logos to not have to land and make a perch for yourself. A philosophical perch. That you can tremble enough in not knowing but wanting to know. Can we be the shapers of the pots and be the clay being shaped? And what does it say to us about our place? our place in the cosmos, our place with the beloved beyonds. And maybe here's a good place to go to the next node that in an imaginal perception there will be less fabricating than would be typical in our habitual center of gravity, let's say. Do not proceed until everything is turned to liquid. That I work enough, I create enough, I attend to my ways of seeing enough, such that there is some deconstructing of that more solid sense of self and other and world. Enough. Because I can go, we can go all the way down or up or out, however you like to see it. into spaces of less and less and less and less making of self, of other, of world. But for imaginal perception, finding the bandwidths where the differentiation can be retained, 
where that sense of beloved otherness, of psyche, in her, there, his potential faces, excites me as eros, thrills me. Or that thrill and excitement not having to be a big flare, but being the most delicate spark at times. That that lamp, that light for Psyche, is lit and tended, this holy fire is tended enough so that the fire does not just cool and fade and cease. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.